right, Paul. So I, I just want to, you know, because you're closer to this, you've been around the team. I think there are a couple guys that, as this second half approaches, again, they're a six and two team, nine games left. Let's see where it goes. I want your honest opinion. Do you think they are factors for this team, or more or less, you hope they're non-factors? Okay, is, that, is are we ready sure. to play this game? Let's do it. Robert Foster, wide receiver, practice squad right now, thin room. I think he is potentially a small factor. Small I would not factor. necessarily put a lot of eggs in his carton, but I do okay. think he could potentially be a small factor. And I think a lot of what happens to him depends on how well Galladay, Robinson, and Slayton are able to get okay. their acts together beginning with this game against Houston. If they come out of the box and they're doing what they need to do, well, then Robert Foster may not get his opportunity because those three guys might ball out the rest of the season. But okay, should one a, of those guys yeah. not do what they need to do, then there's going to be an open door there for Foster to try to sneak in and potentially give them some production. Okay, and I say that because we've seen David Sills log a lot of snaps early in the year. Those snaps have seemingly now gone to Marcus Johnson, and we've seen log some snaps make some plays but have some issues with drops. And I guess, you know, the next kind of guy like that in line would be Foster. So with a whole second half here, I you know, that question does arise. I want to bring up Marcus Foster for uh, Marcus Johnson for a second because, you know, I talked about him when they got him and, and said, hey, this is a guy with some speed. He's got some resume going for him. Maybe he could be of some assistance. And he's made a few catches here and there. But here was the interesting part. I did a little bit deeper dig. And I went back and I found out that during his time with the Colts, when he combined for 31 pass receptions, during that same time period, Sean, Stats Inc. logged him for six drops. Hmm. Now, that is a terrible ratio. Terrible. 31 catches, six drops. And I only did that because over the last few weeks, we've seen him start to drop passes. And I'm like, man, is this something that, that that's like rearing its ugly head from his past? Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, now I understand why the Colts didn't hold on to him. You need to have reliable hands. Okay, player number two, somebody you've been positive on on the trail on coming back. But there's also a question of how good will he be? We still don't really even know as a young player, and that is Shane Lemieux. Factor or non-factor? Well, again, that depends on somebody else. If Gates, who is obviously ready to go, and we saw some snaps out of him in this past weekend's game, if he's ready to go, then he's the first man up to plug in okay. at either guard. If Zudu or Bredesen, you know, can't wind up holding the spot during the second half of the season, we know Bredesen still has a couple of weeks left on IR. Uh, or if Feliciano should not be able to hold up. We know he's been kind of banged up. So Gates is the first man up. Do they need a second replacement player? Right now, I'd say they probably okay. would not. The odds are they only need one guy to potentially move into the starting five, and that would be Nick Gates. But well, that's an interesting answer, second, Paul. But, Paul, that's an interesting answer because we went into August saying that's our starting left guard. It's our starting left guard. We haven't seen him all year because of injury. And what you're saying is even after the injury here, Nick Gates is ready to go, and he is going to supplant here if if we need a starting left guard. It won't be yeah. getting that job back. I, I, think, okay. I think because he is already ready, he's ahead of, of Lemieux in terms of his schedule. If the Giants believe that they need to make a move at guard, 
Gates is going to be that guy. Why wouldn't he be? I'm look, I'm in favor of it because I, I think the other part about Lemieux that I find interesting is we actually still don't even know. I mean, we know he's a good run blocker, right? We we don't know what he's going to develop into yet. It's not like he was a known commodity. He was still a day right. three pick that, you know, he's missed a lot of time. Okay. The other guy that I maybe only I find interesting, I could be the only one listening or talking on one giant step that cares, but because he's missed the last few weeks and because what I've seen happen with the room. Last week, Nick McLeod made, played a lot more snaps in the slot uh, instead of Darnay Holmes. So I'm bringing up Cordell Flott, young guy, guy they have a lot of hope in, factor and non-factor in the second half. I would say right now, because he's missed so much time and because he's still dealing with that stupid calf injury, and I call it stupid because nobody ever knows how long it's going to sideline you, I suspect that Cordell Flott will not be much of a factor in the second half. Uh, the Giants have obviously gotten guys to step up in that secondary room. And if I'm them, I've got to trust what those guys have put on tape and say, you know what, we're going to ride with you because at this point, Flott not only has missed too much time, but again, you consider the fact that it's a calf. He's already kind of been in and out of the lineup twice since you go back to training camp. So his durability at this point in time it's got to be something you cannot rely on. Okay. Now I will close with this one, Paul, before we settle in for our bye week. This is not, this is more of a factor, let's call it. Between these two injured giants, who needs to have the bigger impact in the second half? Aziz Ojolari or Daniel Bellinger? Ojolari. Okay, And I think that's a pretty easy one because at this point, I think realistically, you're not going to expect a whole lot more out of Bellinger because the thinking is if he makes it back sometime in December and he's able to play for a few games, okay, that's fine. But if Ojolari can get back within the next two weeks, uh, he could add a lot to that pass rush. Now, again, he's coming off a stupid calf injury, and you don't now, know he, about well, his durability. He, he, I am I crazy? He's not actually eligible because the bye week doesn't count to come off IR by the time they placed him until the Cowboy game, right? No, no, he's it's four weeks. It's, it's four weeks. I thought the it was four counts. games. Okay, it does count. Okay, it's four weeks. That. So, so he's got a couple more to go. Now, I would say, I would say that he is the guy who's got to have more of an impact because there's a better chance that he's going to wind up playing a whole lot more snaps than Bellinger could possibly play by the time he comes back off of his uh, eye surgery. Look, Ojolari's been a factor in the limited snaps he's had for the Giants this year. Thibodeau, clearly, we expect him to only get better. I mean, if you get two bookend pass rushers going at it, and it takes Leonard Williams some edge snaps away, and you get all everything you still got from Jihad Ward, I mean, the Giants are really going to have a formidable front, and Ojolari completes that. All right, Paul, what do you got planned for your Sunday? You know, I'll be honest with you, Sean. I haven't even gotten that far yet. I've got a college football game I've got to do Saturday. I'm doing a lot of prep for that. And at some point in time, I'll take a breath and figure out what I'm doing Sunday. I, I think in all likelihood, I will just fire up the computers and the TV screens and have three games on at once and uh, just uh, scoreboard watch, as we like to say. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to be doing the same with my Sunday ticket uh, in New York. We're going to get the Jet Bill game. I'm happy I have Sunday ticket. I can flip around, maybe take a peek, see at the Texans and Lions. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to punt on watching football because the Giants are off. I'll be a real pig in front of the TV and away we go. It's hard. It's hard to watch the Houston Texans. 
Oh yeah, and, oh, and believe I, me, I and know. I, and I have to, I have to at some point because I'm going to have to preview that game in another week and a half. But watching the Houston Texans is kind of like chewing stale graham crackers. It, oh. it just doesn't taste very good. And now I want a s'more, but not a stale s'more. But you're right. I might have to do it anyway. Lions will be interesting. Hey, it's a week of – the Giants can't lose this week. They haven't done much of that for all year, but they can't lose this week. Paul, where we can we get you on Twitter? At GiantsWFAN. You can follow me at CBS. Thanks to our producer, Adam. Thanks to all of you for a wonderful first half of the year for tuning and listening, becoming new listeners. We appreciate it. Remember, you can subscribe anywhere. Podcasts are downloadable. We'll see you for the second half of the year. Thanks for taking one giant step with us.